It's planting season, and it's not too late to make sure your crops grow up fed and happy. Regardless of your spring crop, Fed and Happy offers a variety of worm-casting solutions in liquid and solid form to supercharge your soil, your yields, and your profitability. For fast, vibrant germination and seedling growth, mix your seed with Fed and Happy's screened granular castings pre-drilling. The Fed and Happy liquid seed treat and extracts offer the ideal mix of soluble solids loaded with living beneficial biology, mycorrhizal fungi, humates, and more. The Fed and Happy small spreadable castings are ideal for fast, easy soil incorporation. The large offer long-term stability and soil growth. But you don't have to figure this out on your own. Just call 833-GO-WORMS to speak with our farm team experts for a fast turnaround on a custom solution for your needs. Fare better against pests, disease, drought, and other potential hazards this season with Fed and Happy Worm Castings. Visit FedandHappy.com for a healthy harvest and any lawn, garden, and tree care needs. Available for pickup and on-farm delivery. That's F-E-D-N-Happy.com. Or call 833-GO-WORMS. Happy planting. Welcome. You're listening to Casually Baked, the podcast. Home base for the can of curious. Thanks for tuning in. It's high time. We had a high time. Together. Together. Yes, it's high time. We had a high time. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, your host and cannabis lifestyle guide. There are so many ways for you to experience hemp in 2020. You know, beyond that ankle bracelet you got on your last beach vacation. From paper products and health supplements to custom guitars, clothes, and automobiles. It turns out hemp is a better alternative for so many things. On today's podcast, you'll discover some fun and practical uses for arguably the world's most diverse plant with my guest, Morris Beagle, a leading cannabis and hemp advocate and entrepreneur. Morris shares his hemp-infused journey and reminds us that when you know better, you have the opportunity to do better. But change doesn't happen overnight, and it certainly takes collective effort. Morris shares industry insights as the co-founder and president of the We Are For Better Alternatives family of brands, also known as WAFBA for short. This includes the NOCO Hemp Expo, the world's most comprehensive hemp-centric conference and exposition. Morris explains how some industries are already incorporating hemp on a small scale to begin replacing less desirable ingredients that aren't earth and people friendly. No matter if you're a small business owner, a musician, builder, a farmer, or any other profession, hemp might be the better alternative you're looking for. So settle in and let's begin visualizing a hemp-infused world. It's time to get casually baked. I got the bottle of wine. I got the West Coast smoke, but I better just take one. 
So I had Dan Herrer on the podcast recently talking about the legacy of his father, Jack Herrer, and the truth about hemp history and the versatility of hemp and how important of a role it can play in rebuilding the American economy during this proverbial reboot in a way that honors our planet. And I thought it would be great to have you on, Morris, as a follow-up and explore tangible hemp-based products available right now as well as showcase opportunities for people to expand their hemp education. So welcome, and thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for having me on, Joanna. I appreciate it. Certainly. So as the co-founder and president of We Are For Better Alternatives, your family of brands, you touch on education, advocacy, manufacturing, and entertainment. And we'll touch on them throughout our chat today, but I wanted to start with your why that led you here. Why did I get into the hemp industry? Yeah, like, I mean, your hands are in every piece of the hemp industry. There had to be some major why that led you to have such an explosive role in in this industry. I guess it goes back to my entertainment industry days. I've been in the entertainment industry since the late 80s and worked for a large music and video distributor from the late 80s through the mid-90s and was in Atlanta for five of those years and California for four of those years and then moved back to Colorado in 1995 and started my own music production company and, and had my hands in a variety of different aspects in the music industry. And funny enough, when I moved back in 1995, there was a store in Fort Collins, Colorado, called the Emperor Wears No Clothes, which was named after the Emperor Wears No Emperor Wears No Clothes by Jack mm-hmm. Hare. And you mentioned having Dan on earlier uh, a few weeks ago. They just put out the the new revised version, the new edition of the Emperor, and they've got their digital version. and And really, that's where I got my initial education beyond just cannabis and smoking it recreationally. And I smoked pot since I was in high school and, and it's always been a recreational element to my, to my being until mm, I would guess late 2009, 2010, I, I had had back surgery in 2001 and, uh, and, had used opiates, you know, Vicodin and Percocet for back pain and so forth. And then the medical thing really kind of kicked into gear here in Colorado come 2009, 2010, a lot of dispensaries started opening up and I started hearing about medical marijuana and using it for, you know, instead of pain. And I'd really more or less used it as a social recreational drug and really not medicinally until that time. And and finally got myself off of not using Vicodin and Percocet. And and so that kind of helped progress me into what became the adult use side of things in 2012 when Colorado passed Amendment 64. And during that time, there was also uh, emphasis on industrial hemp. And in that legislation, there was the ability for Colorado farmers to start growing industrial hemp. And and the music industry for me at that time had all but crashed because of the internet. And I was into physical media and doing CDs and, and physical products, which uh, in turn are not very good for the earth. And one of my pivots to industrial hemp comes from the fact that I, over the course of my 25 years in the music industry and in the entertainment industry, I contributed significantly to the landfill and companies I worked for as far as putting in whether that was books 
from the publishing industry where anytime you go into a bookstore and you have to remove books to get them off the shelf, basically you take the covers off and those go to the publisher for credit. All those books, you know, for decades just ended up in dumpsters and landfills. And the same thing with CDs and jewel cases. I mean, the amount of shit that we actually put into our landfills Mm -hmm. because of the entertainment industry, um, to me, it was like, I got to repent. And how can I do that? And and all the miraculous things that I heard about in Jack's book that hemp could do from building houses and bioplastics and biofuels and replacing petroleum and corn and soy and cotton and all these harmful things that we use in everyday life that contribute to the the destruction of our planet. Um, I made the pivot in 2012, and we started Colorado Hemp Company, me and my partner Elizabeth Knight, and started a merchandise company doing hemp t-shirts and hats and working with some other textile-type companies that were doing wallets and beanies and bags. And and then we found a hemp paper, and we started doing hemp paper printing, doing business cards and posters and other marketing collateral for businesses and, and bands and so forth. And, and then we started doing hemp events in 2014 with NOCO Hemp Expo. And, and it's just been this continuing thing of adding um, all these components. It is really, you know, we're a marketing company and a, and a pr- promotion company and promoting the plant and the planet and all the things that it can do and all the companies that are, are trying to do something unique and creative and positive with this plant. I love that. And since we were talking about the music industry, I have quite a few musician friends um, being from Austin. So let's talk about Silver Mountain Hemp Guitars first. Let's dive in there. Did that begin as a hobby project because you were just like, there's got to be a better way what made you think about making a guitar out of hemp? Well, coming from the music industry and being a guitar player myself and my brother, Dave Beagle, who is an amazing world-class musician, who's a great guitar player, he's a producer, he's an engineer, and being a big fan of guitar players, and I've seen hundreds and hundreds of top guitar players throughout my life and going to concerts and so forth. Um, it's like, When we started NOCO Hemp Expo, there was also a a company out of Canada called Canadian Hemp Guitars, and these guys were working on different processes to create guitars out of hemp and ukuleles out of hemp. And so we started working with them, and they were a real small boutique instrument maker and trying to utilize hemp materials to build their instruments. And we began a working relationship with them, and I got a couple of their guitars, and then I asked them, hey, would you basically private label make guitars for me and so we started working on different guitar ideas and ukulele ideas and then i started looking at at other potential manufacturers to to work on guitar cabinets and found some other people who were utilizing natural materials and and really so the whole thing came about with well what can we do to build out instruments and how can i figure out the supply chain of what materials, what processes, who can actually manufacture what I want to have done. And it's been a really a process over the last five or six years and over the course of the last year. Um, still working with the Canadian guys on some certain things with this one model, but we've found a group of individuals in in the Atlanta area. Actually, it's funny because I, I lived in Atlanta for five years, but I recently connected with them and they built guitar cabinets for me that 
we're utilizing a hemp board that a friend of mine in California, Larry Serbin from Hemp Traders, uh, created last year, which, um, and basically this hemp board, it's like a hemp particle board and he's got half inch and three quarter inch and, and he's been in the textiles industry for 30 years and been really working on developing this board product for a long time and wanting to do it domestically. And he finally got the sourcing done for that with hemp that was grown in Montana. And then he found a mill that could make particle board. And then we, he made it out of hemp and we got their board. And I had these guys custom build the cabinets and and we're working on a new guitar design right now, utilizing hemp wood and this can of board that Larry has to build out guitars. And this hemp wood company is out of Kentucky, and they've got a process that's similar to bamboo in, in making flooring and cabinetry. And that material now can be utilized for that same thing, floors and cabinetry, but it can also be used for making guitars and instruments and picture frames and a variety of other things. So mm-hmm. we're still in the process of figuring out the supply chain, but taking the materials that are currently available and applying them to, again, like making guitars and the guitars that we're making and we're getting ready to come out with here in the next month. I mean, the prototypes are being made as we're speaking right now. Cause I just talked to my buddy Dave in Atlanta before we got on the call and he's like, you know, we've got six guitars cut out. And we're working on this, this, and this, and we're still waiting on these parts. And unfortunately, we can't get everything in efficiently right now because of the COVID lockdown and mm-hmm. businesses are, <laughs> it's a challenge. Yeah, I'm having it's some really- similar challenges in the skincare project I'm working on. So I totally get that. What happened? You know, you're missing, you need some ingredients that, well, yeah. this, this person providing this particular ingredient has got a backup because of this supplier. and mm-hmm. It's all supply chain. Uh, but I'm excited. We've come a long ways in the last several years in the guitars and the cabinets and the combo amps that we're going to be introducing this summer. We're really proud of. Nice. I'm, I'm curious, what happens to the sound quality of the instrument? Everything sounds different. So is there like sort of a sound quality that you find that these instruments have? I think because we're we're waiting on these new prototypes that we just we did a prototype stratocaster which is a fender style model and it sounds great and so it's a this is a very hard wood and there's other there's called it's called tone woods that you can look out there for guitars and you got mahogany you got hard maple soft maple and cocoa and uh karina and you got all these different types of tone woods and we're going to be comparing them to some of these guitar woods that are out there, but we're the guys that are building these are, are master craftsmen. Uh, one of the guys has a, been playing guitar for 30 years and super smart, and they're you know they're very knowledgeable mm-hmm. about instruments and and tone. And the results that we've got so far are really promising, and I think that when we sit there and AB everything, which we're going to do here over the course of the next six months with different cabinets and different amplifiers and different guitars, that these guitars are going to have their unique sound, and it's going to be, you know, a lot of people, I think, are really going to dig it a lot. I think that's so cool. What is the cost to produce a hemp guitar right now versus that, you know, the traditional wood variety? It really depends. From a, a custom shop standpoint, you can find a lot of electric guitars out there. 
that are $2,000 to $6,000 for a nice custom guitar. And ours are going to run in the $3,000 range. Okay. So that's what they're going to be pricey. They're going to be totally pro. They're going to, all the hardware is going to be top end and any pro guitar player that plays one of these is going to be, wow, this is a really well-built guitar. Uh, everything's totally pro on this. And then it all comes down to personal preference. And if you really, you know, is this the type of tone you want? Is it too bright for you? Is it too dark for you? Mm-hmm. And people get really subjective and really picky about tone. And yeah, musicians yeah. do. That's just the way it is. And some are going to say, wow, this is really great. This fits into my toolbox really well. I can hear it here, 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 here. Some others are going to say, yeah, you know, that might be too novelty. That's, you know, yeah. I don't really care for that. That's too bright for my liking. Everybody has different preferences when it comes to tone. Totally. And so they're off the rack, so to speak, but then you can then tweak and customize them to the musician's taste, perhaps? Correct. Okay. Yes. And we've got a couple of main significant guitar player guys out there that have shown interest that we will hopefully build a custom guitar for them. It's, they're going to say, well, I like this, this, and this, and this, and can you put those pickups in there? And maybe can you do this to the fretboard? And you know, we'll do all those custom modifications. I love it. Well, so, you know, you mentioned the COVID thing kind of screwing with production. You're the creator of the NOCO Hemp Expo, the world's most comprehensive hemp-centric conference and exposition. And this year with the social distancing orders, your team is hosting a virtual conference like so many other people, which to me means it's super easy for anyone to attend. And I know that it's typically business-centric type attendees, but, you know, this virtual format, I think, lends itself to anyone with an interest in learning more about hemp. Will you tell me the highlights, you know, for an average Joe interested in experiencing the Hemp Summer Solstice Virtual Conference and Trade Show coming up on June 16th? Sure. So like you said, we, we had to postpone NOCO this year. It was at the end of March. and Unfortunately, uh, as things progressed, uh, you know, everything started to cancel and we had to postpone. We didn't cancel. We moved it to, to August and we did pivot immediately into the cloud and did an Earth Week virtual conference and trade show. And we bought into this platform that's a, a year license and it's really expansive and allows us to have multiple rooms for networking for exhibition, for programming, having a live webcast main stage. We also have a we have a, a Let's Talk Hemp library. This next show, as we did the Earth Week thing, this was really phase one. Summer solstice is phase two, and then we're going to have a phase three come September. But in phase two, over the summer solstice, we're going to have six live webcasts. On two on the 16th, two on the 17th, two on the 18th. They're going to be 90-minute super sessions with six to eight people. Um, We're going to have three expo halls. We're going to have three networking rooms. And while it is business focused, like NOCO, NOCO is really, it's B2B and B2C. It's where the industry can come together and do business and also get educated, but it's also to educate the consumer about all the benefits, all the possibilities, all the opportunities that exist with hemp, all that hemp uh, can be involved with throughout our entire society and explaining the differences of, you know, hemp is cannabis. You know, this is 
all the different expressions of cannabis. You've got your medical side, you've got your recreational side, but then you've got your health and nutrition and therapeutic side, and then your industrial side from textiles and clothing to building houses and bioplastics and, and paper and packaging and bioremediation and all these different things that this plant can do to help our local economies, our rural economies, and our food sovereignty and and the impact that it can make on our society moving forward that's going to benefit our species. So that consumer side of it is important, and we need to, at this point in time, with all this crazy stuff going on, our world's in trouble. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. We've got a lot of problems, and with COVID shutting down, I think that we've seen in different little news flashes that the the air is cleaned up, the, there's less pollution, some of the rivers and streams and bodies of water around the world are showing life and and cleanup like they haven't shown in years and years and years because we've had to shut down society. So if there is one positive that's come out of shutting down society, it's that the earth is getting a little bit of a breather and and saying, God, thank goodness I don't have to deal with these humans like polluting me like they have been. Yeah, those pesky little humans. I know. Yes. Well, what's the cost to attend the conference? So it's free to attend. And, you know, they can't be free. Yeah, well, you have to get, you have to give us you have to log in with your email and and register. But there is no cost to be an attendee. You can peruse all of the expo halls, all of the programming, all of the networking lounges. It does not cost to be an attendee, other than giving us your email address to log in, um, or you can log in right through your your LinkedIn account if you have a LinkedIn account. Um, but it's not free to be an exhibitor or a sponsor, and so there's there's that side of it as well. Yeah, yeah, we got to keep the lights on. Yeah, exactly. So, okay, so now let's um, shift gears and talk about paper for a minute. So, another one of the companies that you are co-owner of is uh, Tree Free Hemp, um, hemp paper and printing. So. One thing that I'm really curious about, what are the qualities of hemp blended paper versus the paper we currently use? So the the hemp paper that we utilize, it's 25% hemp and 75% post-consumer recycled materials, which would be all the stuff that we throw into the the recycling bins. And then all that stuff gets processed for post-consumer recycled that can in turn go into a variety of different industries and a lot of that ends up in the in the paper and printing industry and and if you're going to let's say a Vista print and you're getting your Aura staples or a FedEx Kinkos or wherever and you're doing copy paper or having them make your business cards on their standard stock paper. The majority of that is going to be virgin wood pulp let's say it's 90 it's a 90 10 blend is typically what you're going to get where you have 90 percent virgin wood pulp and 10 percent post-consumer recycled and <clears throat> unfortunately that that virgin wood pulp is stuff that we continue to to chop down for us to to put into the paper supply industry and it's you know clear cutting for us for for paper is just not sustainable. It's nonsensical and at this point. It's nonsensical. And 
we have so much post-consumer material out there, and we have the ability to utilize crops such as hemp or canaf or flax, um, wheat straw. There's these other uh, feedstocks that we grow on an annual basis that grow in 30 to 90 days or, you know, 30, 60, 90, 120 days that can offset this whole wood side of things. And it is nonsensical. And it's the timber industry is similar to the fossil fuel industry. It's just been subsidized for a hundred years by our country. And it's just part of society and all the technology over the course of this last 80 years since hemp has been prohibited since the late 1930s. All this technology has been driven to the timber side of things, the petrol fuel, fossil fuel side of things, uh, synthetics. Mm -hmm. And we have to now try to reverse courses as quickly as possible and start supplying the paper and the building industry with renewable resources. And that's not considered trees a renewable resource. I mean, we we need to plant a lot of trees and let those things grow for 30, 50, 100 years Mm -hmm. and do what they do because trees are necessary. And we can grow these crops and in replace of that. And the same thing, we can grow our energy from the ground rather than extracting it from the ground. And we can harness it from the sky instead of extracting all this stuff from the ground that we continue to do because we've got finite resources underneath the soil. Yes. And, you know, in order to really move the needle, we have to get the gen pop interested in using that product. So for people and companies and organizations interested in a better alternative, you know, you're printing things like cards, brochures, flyers, you know, CD covers, like all kinds of stuff. So this is something that can be utilized by both, you know, your average consumer plus large businesses and organizations, correct? Correct. And, you know, where we're at right now in the paper industry, you know, there's a very limited amount of hemp paper. But I can tell you that more and more organizations are becoming interested in it. And when there is a demand, when there's a consumer demand or a commercial demand, and prices can be offset and comparable, most folks are going to choose for the environmental choice. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, you know, consumers need to vote with their wallets as much as possible. And the industry has to create products that can basically slide right into existing industry without having to change over the technology significantly and to make it appealing for industry to, to make those changes. And for example, there's a company called the hemp plastic company. They are processing about 50 million pounds worth of material this year to go in as a bioplastic that will go into existing petroleum-based products where instead of being 100% petroleum, now it's going to be 70% petroleum and 30% hemp. And so at least there's a, there, that's a beginning offset right there. Mm-hmm. The same thing with paper. And, you know, as this material becomes more available, we need to start offsetting the stuff that that isn't good. And we can't make this change overnight when it comes to packaging and plastics. Um, but we can start taking chunks out of it. And we just need to accelerate that as fast as possible in the coming 5, 10, 20 years. 
you know, and as you say that there's this overwhelming thought that, you know, we have to completely change the infrastructure of our country for these things to work. But I like what you said in that, you know, it's these incremental changes like, okay, how can we make this work on all of the industrial equipment these people are already using and, you know, and be able to continue using the same supply chain, but just like incrementally shift out the ingredients that are involved. Um, exactly. So hemp is an ingredient that can go into thousands and thousands of products. You know, is there 25,000 uses? Is there 50,000 uses? Well, hemp is an ingredient that can replace cotton, it can replace corn, it can replace soy, it can replace fossil fuels, it can replace wood, it can replace all of these things. And how can it get plugged into an existing supply chain? And if that becomes little hemp plastic pellets that go straight to a molding facility and all of a sudden you're using half the amount of petroleum or a third of the amount of petroleum that you would be because you can just plug in this product that automatically replaces it and, the, and you're still going to get the same basic quality of stiffness or whatever the characteristics are of that final product. Nice. So does Tree Free Hemp um, is there an online portal where people can, you know, upload their designs and things like that? And, um, and you guys um, do on-demand printing? Is that how that works? Well, so we, it's funny. I mean, we could have like a, an image uploader, but so you, you just go on there and let's say you want a thousand business cards or a hundred business cards and you go through and there's a, a shop function. And you just place the order and there's design instructions with templates and, and you basically just email us. Okay. The files. So it's we still somewhat old school uh, the, as far as just the delivery of the files, but everything else is the same. I mean, yeah. you, send, you send us your files, you place the order, you get your order in 10 days. Awesome. And time. what's the cost differential from a typical printer? Um, that's anywhere from two to three times as expensive to get him business cards. So, I mean, a thousand business cards is going to run you $135 compared to whatever it is, uh, just a print. I don't know. What is that? 40 bucks now or 40, whatever you can get a thousand business cards for at just a print. But your conscience feels better. Right. And, <laughs> you know, but if you go to a specialty printer and, you know, most places for a thousand business cards are going to be, anywhere from probably 50 to $80, unless you order, again, from the, the cheapest company that's out there, like a Vista print that's, you know, always been, you know, that's all about price and providing everything on such a large scale. Those guys work on tiny margins and they, you know, their whole goal is to crush as many small businesses as possible. And, you know, we need to have small business. This society will not function without small business. And, well, and we're learning that lesson right yeah. now. Yeah. After this whole situation and all these mom and pop entrepreneurs who put everything they have into their businesses, half of these people are going to be going out of business because of this whole situation. And there's not the support and the relief for small business where this whole trillion, multi-trillion dollar bailout isn't really trickling down to most small businesses. It's mm -hmm. trickling up to the big big boys, just like it did back in 2008 and 2009. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit now about um, hemp news and information, because you're also involved with letstalkhemp.com, which 
to me, I would describe it as a one-stop shop for hemp news and info. And you also have a, a podcast, correct? Correct. It's Let's Talk Hemp in the 422, where every day is Earth Day. All right. So um, how is the content curated on your site? Do you have a team writing original content? Are you curating from everywhere? What does that look like? It's a blend of that. So we do have a team, uh, Compass Natural, Steve Hoffman, one of our public relations companies who's really worked with us on the event side of the business. And um, so Let's Talk Hemp originally started is really doing the programming format of NOCO Hemp Expo and our other events. So it would be Let's Talk Hemp at NOCO Hemp Expo and here's keynotes and presentations and the general whole programming educational side of the event. And from there, we started doing a, a weekly newsletter that has original content as well as curated content from around the country and around the world as it pertains to hemp and cannabis. And so we do that on a weekly basis. We do have original editorial content in there. We do curate from a variety of sources. We also have a digital magazine now that goes in conjunction with our events. And so we had, um, we've had two for NOCO. We had one for Southern Hemp Expo. We're going to have one associated with this summer solstice as well. It'll be, we'll have, I don't know, anywhere from 12 to 15 original articles in the publication with a variety of information on the content at the event and then advertising from whoever wants to advertise in the magazine. And as someone who gets overwhelmed by choice, I love a site like this where you're just like, okay, I'm, this is the subject matter. And now, you know, at my fingertips, I know news and the science and the lifestyle and all, you know, all of the things in one place. So I really appreciate that site. Great. Yeah. So all of our newsletter content dumps into there and then we're putting additional content onto the website and we're building out a a YouTube channel where we've got a fair amount of content. There's a whole bunch that hasn't been actually turned to public from private because I still have to go through and meta tag a lot of it. Which putting putting out information into the public is it, it's a lot of work. It is, trust me. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Doing this show once a week, you know, it's like being a journalist on a beat. You have to have new content every single week, and it's due. So it, yeah, well, you've got a hundred and some, hundred and thirty or hundred and forty podcasts under your belt, don't you? Yes, I do, and I do some bonus pods. So I think I'm probably around hundred and fifty episodes right now. Yeah. yeah, it's fun. One of the things that I like to do on my show is to help these people who are ready for change use their voices in a way that really moves the needle. You know, so if people want to develop their chops around hemp to support the advancement of the industry and their communities, for you, what would be an effective place for them to start? Well, at our events, for one, I think that when you attend events, and get to know people and and who's doing what, that's a good place to start. I also think that I would recommend looking at the Hemp Industries Association, the National Hemp Association, the Hemp Roundtable, Vote Hemp, these organizations that have been around for quite a while and have membership and, and individuals who've been involved in the industry for many, many years. That's a good place to get acquainted with what is going on and just learning the space. Mm -hmm. 
Yes, and I agree that networking with people who are already well grounded in the space and you know picking a mentor finding somebody that you're really inspired by and following their work and I think all of those are really important things and I love that that no cohempa expo this you know summer solstice is free so there's really no reason for anybody to you know not get started on June 16th yeah just you can pop in and hang out for five minutes and say ah, not my thing or you might want to hang out all day every day for four days and check out all the different things going on. We're going to have a lot of exhibitors. There's one of, one of the cool things that comes with getting in is you get your own digital briefcase. And so with that briefcase, you can go into the library and you can download all these videos into your briefcase. You can go by every exhibitor and click on about us. And if they've got a PDF of this particular piece of machinery or this video, you can put all of that in your briefcase and then go back and check out all the materials that you've got in your briefcase. I love that concept. That's great. And I love that it's called a briefcase. Yeah. I, I like clever shit. Well, Morris, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you think is important to touch on? I would say that there's, um, I know that there's people out there that feel disenfranchised with the industry, particularly farmers that bought in and we're going to grow this crop and here's something that can save farmers. And then all of a sudden, everybody's sitting on all this material, the bottom kind of fell out of the industry in 2019 and, and it's people are backing up saying, wow, I thought hemp was going to really be the savior for the family farm. And, and all industries take a while to, to really come together and to, and to happen. And I think that this is just part of the process that the, the hemp industry is going to realize its potential in the coming years. And I think people got a little too excited about this cannabinoid side of things and didn't look at the big picture of grain and fiber and, and how that's going to really play a part, a big part in the years to come. And that there's a lot of opportunities in this industry. We need smart people. We need passionate people. We need innovators and we need leaders. And if that describes you, then hop into this industry because we need you. I like that. That was a good plug. Oh, good. <laughs> so Morris, what's the best way for people to connect with you and your family of brands? Well, you can either go to waspa.org or morrisbeagle.com and that would probably be those are probably the two easiest ways to track everything that I've got going on. All right. Well, I will make sure to include links to all of this in the show notes at casuallybaked.com. I just really appreciate what you're doing and um and I love that you have your your hands in everything that is hemp. Next time I'm in Colorado, I'm going to hunt you down and get a get a tour of some of your facilities. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, hopefully we'll all be getting together and being able to network in person sooner than later because this lockdown thing uh, I'm about over it. Yeah, me too. I am. I'm making a road trip to Texas on Friday. I'm going to go visit my parents on the ranch, and after that, go shelter in place at my sister's house because she has a swimming pool in a backyard and a garden, and she's not in downtown Oakland. <laughs> well, so, there you go. well, 
thank you so much for your time. Um, I love what you're doing, and I'm I'm glad to give you a voice on my platform. Now, really quickly, tell us again the name of your podcast so that listeners can um, go over and subscribe to that as well. It is Let's Talk Hemp in the 422, where every day is Earth Day. All right. I dig it. Thank you so much, Morris. All right. Thank you, Joanna. You have a good day. You too. Morris predicts it could take between 5 and 20 years for hemp packaging and plastic alternatives to reach full scalability. In the meantime, before these better alternatives become more readily available, it's important that we begin the process of exploring ways to offset the crap that's not very good for us or the environment. Take baby steps today in the direction of better alternatives. And before you know it, we'll have transformed our functional infrastructure and favorite products for good. If you're a business owner, get curious as to how you might plug hemp somewhere into your existing supply chain. Even if it's replacing your office paper products and business cards with hemp-blended options instead. These micro-choices might not seem like much, but if we're all making those small, eco-conscious decisions, we'll expedite the changes we want to see in the world. And if you are for better alternatives in your personal life, I hope you'll share this episode of the podcast with a friend or family member. And don't forget to sign up for the free Experience Hemp Summer Solstice Virtual Conference and Trade Show taking place June 16th through the 19th. I'll include a link in the Podcast 137 show notes at casuallybaked.com. You got your face fixed up nice with all those little, little colored lights. You got the While you're there, submit your can of curious question to be answered on a future episode of the podcast. And if you appreciate this highly responsible content, Please help others discover it by taking a minute to rate and review Casually Baked the Podcast on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. You social butterflies can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. I'm at Casually Baked. And if you love a good story as much as I do, next week you'll meet a man who credits using and growing cannabis with saving his life. Until then, you know what to do. Puff, puff, pass it on. Yes, it's a hot time. We had a hot time together. Casually Baked, the podcast was created, recorded, and produced by yours truly. Editing and sound design are in the capable hands of Arnav Gupta. The podcast theme music is by my highly talented friend, Seth Walker. If you aren't familiar with Seth's music, you can find High Time on his album, Gotta Get Back, wherever you're buying your music these days. I know he didn't create high time for me, but it sure as shit sounds like he did, right? I hope you'll tune in next time. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. 99.9% of our DNA is identical. It's a 0.1% that truly makes us different and unique. And that's what the show is about. Find out that 0.1% about your favorite guests. Find out what music they like, 
their first cannabis experience, and even what their room looked like growing up. But more importantly, or as important, their journey. Learn what makes them unique on Everything is Personal.